Hey TRB fans, Lacey here. Looking for the perfect way to geek out about Star Wars in style? Check out jewelrybrands.shop. They have tons of fashionable ways to show your love for your favorite galaxy far, far away with pins, rings, necklaces, earrings, and more spanning from the Skywalker saga to the Mandalorian. And while you're there, don't forget to use code TRB at checkout for 10% off. So whether you're a Jedi or lean more to the dark side, you won't have to use the force to find awesome stuff at jewelrybrands.shop. Happy Monday. Welcome back, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I can't talk about it a lot, but I'll just say this. This podcast episode is going to blow your mind. That's all I can say. <laughs> I can't say anything else. Exclusive. Uh, just that feels kidding. like every tweet I see online. I can't yeah. talk about this thing tomorrow, but right. just but wait. I want you to know <laughs> so you can like my tweet. Um, <laughs> so welcome, everybody. This is our new show. Uh, James and Lacey with me, as always. Um... Real quick, I got stung in the neck by a bee today, so um, I, I, the attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. Uh, do, you, do you know? Do you know? It's you know. It's crazy that you bring that up. Lacey's laughing. I I know. I could have died. Dude, you know what's crazy that you bring that up? You know what I did on Friday night? Did you get stung by a bee? No, my mother-in-law did, and oh. she had a bad oh reaction God, to it. And we we called nine one one, and she had to go to the hospital. We had an ambulance and Not everything that, in our house. James. No, I understand. That. I think it's just really crazy that John said I got stung by a bee and brought that up. Yeah, she got stung, and we had to go to the hospital. It was pretty crazy. She's all good now. Yes, everything was fine. Um, That's good. You know, we're, we I, I was not there. I watched the kids. It was my wife and yeah. my sister in law that went. But um, yeah. but yeah, everything everything's fine. Just. It was just like a freak out thing. And she, in fact, earlier she was talking like two weeks ago or something, how she used to have allergic reactions to bees or something, but she just doesn't anymore. She hasn't in a long this time. This took a terrible turn at a moment. I no, I, no, it, it, believe me, it's totally fine. It, it's funny just, when it happens to me. That's, I just thought yeah. it was crazy that you're like, I got stung by a bee. And I was like, funny you yeah. should say that. He's My not big just, event. Not just a bee, he gets stung in the yeah. neck. Yeah. yeah, right here. Oh, like the like it. the dart in old school kind of. <laughs> yeah, like the jugular. Like yeah. he went for it, for it, and it, I was playing softball. I was out in the field and stuff. And I was like, ah, what is that? And then I saw the bee fall to the ground. So, and everybody uh, was like, "Are you okay, John?" You're like, "I think I got struck by a bee." Got a dart in there. Yeah. Uh, well, I was holding. I had a beer and a, a, like in between innings, and I was holding it up against my neck. They're like, "What happened to you?" I'm like, "Stung by a bee." <laughs> I had a, I remember one of the most embarrassing things in my life was fifth grade. I finally got invited to like the cool kid birthday party. <laughs> I was so excited. Nice. And I was so pumped to be invited to the cool kid birthday party. And we were all playing outside and someone stepped on a wasp a nest oh. or something. We were running oh, around. God. And it's 
Yeah, a nest. And it stung. Like, they all swarmed and everybody freaked out. But I got stung right here. Like, right. Ooh, in the bridge of the nose? My whole face blew up like a balloon. Like, God. (laughs) I looked like Quasimodo. Oh, my God. So, did you go to the sixth grade cool party? (laughs) No, I was not (laughs) invited to the sixth grade. That was it. That was it. My one chance and I failed. (laughs) What happened? But I remember the girl's dad was a doctor. And so he's like, everything's okay. And he, like, made up this, like, very technical paste. Were other kids not stung? Huh? Were other kids stung? Yeah, but not as bad as mine where it was like so oh. close to my eye. Yeah. So like there I was like on her kitchen counter, like they were like slapping. <laughs> wow. Gosh. Oh well, god. Not but all the that, bees. But all not that to bees. say. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite well, my brother's favorite moment in Tommy Boy when they drive off and they go, Bees! Oh yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Wicker Man with Nick Cage, oh, okay. not the bees. Okay. <laughs> I was, uh, I was thinking of a uh, left turn, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, so uh, real quick before we get into the news, um, there's not much to this, so we'll just kind of warm the engines uh, with this: that Robert Rodriguez is calling his shot, uh, and and pretty much so confident with the book of Boba Fett that he is just out there right now saying it's going to blow people's minds. Uh, a very risky thing to say because now. Star Wars fans already overhype things uh, because we get so excited about it, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just the nature of being a fan. He has now met that, and now the reality of it needs to hit it, right? Or else people are going to be like... Man, that guy said that didn't blow my mind. That guy said so it was going to have my mind So he's basically the me of Star Wars directors. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Ten so out of ten. Ten, ten, ten out of ten. You Is can't that, get any better. <laughs> Lacey, do you do you think like? I mean, I like Rod Rodriguez. I, I don't know his his whole catalog, but mm. I I liked what he did with. Boba Fett in the Mandalorian and his episode uh, specifically and how he just like went back to like really the basics and he seems to be a real fan of of making films in in old school ways and he seems to have gotten it then so do you think this is a risky thing to say knowing how Star Wars fans are or do you think that man then this thing probably is going to crush like what do you think when you when you hear those statements from Robert Rodriguez a few like three months away now that we're in September from uh, the book of Boba Fett. So I think in general, Robert Rodriguez is super talented and everything that he's made has been cool, even though it's very specific to certain genres. Um, I think Alita Battle Angel was very cool and I enjoyed it. I don't think it's like the best movie ever ever made, but Mm -hmm. I think he was one of those people that once again was hyping up his own stuff like this movie is amazing. And there were a lot of people that didn't like it and there were a lot of people that liked it. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's gotta be this this understanding that from his perspective as a star wars fan and what he's doing he thinks it's awesome and yeah. i trust that based on his episode of boba fett of uh, mandalorian with boba fett and how he'd handled it that i trust his judgment however i also leave a little bit of room of hey maybe there is a little bit of you will like this but not like this type of stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah so james do you think um as long as there's no beast <laughs> What what's the payoff for him to say something like this? You know what I'm saying? I you know I liked that he said it. Um, I know it's not typical. I do too. And I, I understand. Like I understand yeah. your gamble approach um, because the world does tend to overhype things. But it really got me thinking about 
you know, how I feel about the book of Boba Fett. And right now it's kind of interesting. I like the little thing, the little thing they put at the end of the Mandalorian. I think that looks cool. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm ready to watch that. But it didn't get me like pumped you know I, I i saw it and i was like that's cool i can't wait for that to come out but in my head i'm kind of like under hyping it i'm like i'm probably gonna like that show it's probably gonna be a 7.5 every right. episode now well, you're, I'm start- <laughs> what? you're a huge bib fortuna fan so that's <laughs> of course like- so i was very disappointed yeah. right, right from right. the get-go now right. um but the thing is is like him saying that now it made me think you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to enjoy this. like really enjoy this. And maybe it is going to be, uh, a lot cooler and have episodes where we are as a collective fan base, just going like, that was awesome, man. That was really cool. And I'm not writing anything in my head for how I think it's going to go, but him saying that saying like, I'm allowed to talk it up. I'm allowed to overhype it because it delivers, you know, that, that, that excites me. It does. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I said, now that we're in September, uh, um, well, not yet. Um, we'll be in two days. We'll be in September. So yeah. really, it's three months away. Um, so we'll see for ourselves when that thing comes out um, in a few short months here. Mm-hmm. But um, th- there wasn't much to that. So I figured we would warm the engines there. And now we will hand it over to James to really get into the legit news in Resistance Report. What is going on, buddy? the resistance well yeah we definitely have some legit news this week as star wars newsnet has an exclusive on the kenobi show uh we got a couple of images that we number one was a piece of actual art for the show and then there were a couple other photos that we had that we actually commissioned uh, artist to kind of recreate so that we weren't posting the exact images. Uh, but those pictures are available. And what they depict is what we kind of assume maybe gives us a little bit of an answer, a peek to how they're going to handle Hayden Christensen being Darth Vader in this show. Because as you know, Darth Vader wears a helmet. So why do we need to bring back Hayden Christensen? Well, in this artwork, we see him, spoilers ahead. If you want to avoid it completely, jump in later in the show. Uh, we see him kind of how we saw him in Rogue One. He's all tied up. He's got a thing, a mask on his face. Uh, you're probably going to see his eyes. He's got uh, cuts and other openings and stuff in his chest and in his body. And then uh, we have images of the, the tube, similar to what we've seen in Rogue One, and uh, the mask that he's actually wearing, which is also similar to what we've seen in Rogue One. But these were on the set. So this is how we know they're going to be incorporating uh, these props and how it ties in with Hayden Christensen, the actor portraying the character of Darth Vader. Um, John, you are a lead, a a big guy over there at Star Wars Newsnet. Um, (laughs) Talk a little bit about this story. How did it come to be? And uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so we, you know, every once in a while, people do uh, reach out to us and s- with information and that sort of thing. And sometimes we look into it, and we're like, this is bunk. And um, when we saw this stuff, we were like, this is not bunk. So, um, and, you know, it's it's that line that I talk about where it's like, it is spoilery to, a, to an extent, but at the same time, it's not one of those like, 
uh, we saw the script of The Force Awakens and Han Solo dies. Um, you know what I mean? So I think this is a cool story and it I love that it affirms the reason why they brought back Hayden. Um, but yeah, so having seen, you know, the photos and you got the back to tank, which is absolutely gigantic. And I love that our artist was smart enough to like, because I don't know if the actual photo had a ladder in it, but he, I don't know if he did that to like scale it so you can see how big this thing is. But back doors. Yeah. And, and then uh, obviously the actual concept art seeing um, Hayden Christensen uh, in all hooked up to these machines and stuff like that. It's it's like I wrote in the article. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to starwarsnewsnet.com. But um, I would for a while we did an episode about a month or so ago saying like, is he going to be maskless in the show? Because I I couldn't wrap my head around why they brought back we're bringing back Hayden Christensen to play Darth Vader because those were the exact words said by Kathleen Kennedy. He's returning to play Darth Vader uh, for the rematch of the century. So that's present time in the show. He's playing Darth Vader because they used Spencer Wilding and Daniel Napru, uh, two hulking big dudes, like six, 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 seven to play Darth Vader in the suit in Rogue One. Uh, you obviously have the voice of James Earl Jones. I assume we assume is coming back for this show. Not confirmed yet. So him coming back as Darth Vader, you got to think like, man, he's got to be maskless in this thing at some point. And I think they're going to go beyond and this is me speculating now there's the news we see what he's going to look like uh hooked up outside of his suit the, the back to tank is back but i think this time it's going to be hayden in the tank and if deborah chow wants to put her foot on the gas and really delve into the layers of darth vader and show him kind of pained and what he has to go through like on a day-to-day -day basis to survive in this state that kenobi left him in that is very compelling storytelling it can really add to the drama of not only the character of darth vader which we haven't really seen that aspect of his torture and torment aside from comics uh, until if we see it in live action here, but also what, what that implications are between him facing off against Obi-Wan again. And I think, and this is just speculation on my part that we're going to see him either unmasked going face to face with Obi-Wan Kenobi to really elevate the drama between those two, him having to look him in the eyes again, because we are already getting Vader in fool's costume versus Obi-Wan, obviously in a new hope. This would be a different twist on that. And having him have to face him face to face where it's Hayden and Ewan, uh, you can't achieve that reunion and that drama if he's under the full Vader costume. Cause even in some parts you'd be like, is that a stunt man? Is that, if you see mm -hmm. Hayden Christensen in like sort of a Vader costume, but has like the breathing thing instead of the mask, or maybe he just takes his helmet off to see like, well, look what you did to me. That's theater, man. That's like going to be peak drama and it'll make revenge of the Sith even better to rewatch. So all these things are swirling in my head, but now at least with these images that we have, it's a part of the justification of why they went back and got Hayden Christensen, which is a decision they opted to not do for Rogue One. So there's a clearly a reason why they did it. And obviously, here's why we think they did. Yeah, Lacey, what was your reaction when you saw the photos? Did you think it was too spoilery or what was going on with, in your mind when you saw all this? So I, I'm going to admit I was a little nervous looking at them because I'm the person, which... Mm -hmm. Admittedly, I wasn't this person a few years ago, but I am now just yeah. based on what's happened with the Mandalorian. 
um, of looking at spoilers and leaks and stuff and, and the stuff that happened with the Rise of Skywalker where the whole script like leaked the summer prior. <laughs> like it's just a lot of stuff that you're like, I want to go in fresh, you know, and I want to experience the stuff how the creators wanted to, especially after we talked about last week with the uh, gallery episode with John Favreau and everybody freaking out about yeah. Luke Skywalker getting out. But um, so I was a little nervous. I did look at the photos because that's part of my job here is to, <laughs> to talk about these things. But I, I don't think that they're very spoilery in the sense of things you wouldn't expect. Because like John said, I think from the conversations we had weeks ago and just like conversations of Star Wars fans in general, since they announced Hayden was coming back, I think you had to assume there was a reason why. And that had to be because his mask was going to come off at some point. Because like John said, you know, and James brought this up too, uh, with Rogue One, they they had other people and they did show him with his mask off, but it's like from behind. So you don't really see that it's not Hayden. But if they really want the impact of everything that's happened to Anakin Skywalker, they're going to need his eyes. We talked about this last week with The Mandalorian, like the eyes are the hardest thing to do in visual effects and everything like that, because like they said in the gallery, the human face is something that we are very, very experts on as humans. Mm -hmm. Like everybody can read emotion very well and read people and human face and characteristics. So if they want to have the impact of an emotional scene of Darth Vader removing his helmet to Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, yeah, they need to bring back Hayden. And yes, they need to remove the helmet because you're not going to get that same moment of torture and like just what has happened to this man is kind of crazy if you think about all the things that happened to him and yet he's still living he's still breathing and surviving and causing mayhem um so yeah no the pictures aren't that bad so even if you're a little like me where you're like i don't want to see anything it's nothing that you wouldn't assume like it's it to me it looked like um, I already told him. If, yeah, I know. I'm just saying like how I felt when I saw it. Like to me, you. it looked like kind of like fan art, like someone like, oh, this is what I would think it would look like. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. So that's why it's not that spoilery. Um, but I think this is going to be a really cool scene. It's one of those kind of like it gets into that horror genre for Star Wars, kind of like the spider episode with Mandalorian where you're like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But like you need it because you need that to get to the sense of like how big of a deal it is that this guy is like the bad guy but then like he is completely scarred <laughs> he is a machine mm -hmm. um but yeah it, it's cool i hope I, I i can't wait to see it i think it's interesting that you guys both brought up the mandalorian be considering that is a show where the lead character basically wore a helmet the entire time yeah and yeah absolutely no emotional whatever and they were still able to pull it off so again that alludes to like like kenobi is going to be the main character of the show so having darth vader sure. be there occasionally and still being able to pull out emotional beats they've already done that uh mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. again why do you need hayden um maybe helmetless is the right term here as opposed to massless because it looks like he probably will still keep this thing on the Sorry. entire time helmetless yeah. well I, uh, we've all been saying it we've been saying maskless the whole time but yeah. you know we see him with this thing on sure and that's part of what we uh had commissioned here is this mask that he's wearing now again that looks like something he might be wearing inside the the back to tank because it looks yeah. like it's more it's like or less a breathing connected, apparatus yeah similar to like what luke was wearing in empire um and not to mention like i said at the beginning of this whole thing when i was kind of explaining the photos it seems very rogue one like we've almost already got this you can see mm -hmm. they have props and stuff that kind of look very similar to this as well um 
but it, but also uh watching this and and having if if it is true that he's going to take off that portion of his helmet uh to reveal his face feels very rebels uh to me mm, mm-hmm. in the same sense of it wasn't yeah it wasn't anakin until we start to see his face Good and point. then all of a sudden you start to hear the voice so pulling that thing off even that little bit that was revealed with his eye released enough right. of his regular voice so i think maybe even like taking they did that with thing phasma off, too yeah yeah you could you could hear hayden christensen speak and not like the deep darth vader james Earl right. jones voice during right. whatever segments we see him uh mm-hmm. with that off that would be pretty interesting as well yeah yeah i so in the article i sort of alluded to that scene too mm-hmm. and i said it's possible obi-wan could damage his mask but that i feel like that'd be too similar to that battle with ahsoka mm-hmm. i this would be Damaging cool i don't it. Yeah, think yeah yeah i don't think this is gonna happen but what if they finally like this build up and we see Vader and we see Kenobi and then they're like episode five out of six or whatever. They finally get face to face. The meeting is finally here. And Vader does one of those like like predator reveals where he just, he <laughs> takes off his helmet. So and his mask for a moment just so Obi-Wan can see him. That would be insane. Like if he like voluntarily takes you, it off. Do you think it's going to take away from, because I remember you had said this a couple times, like years ago, uh, about how, you know, Obi-Wan says that's not a thing I, or Vader says he hasn't I've felt, felt that felt presence. Yeah. yeah. Do you, because your uh, concern was that it was going to take away from that. Do you still have that Because the closer we're getting concern? to Kenobi, you're see, you seem like that this is a cool idea now. <laughs> well, no. So I think it's, there, you know, the, the stages of grief where I was upset at first <laughs> when they, they were doing this. And now I've accepted it. So now that I know that they're going to do it because Kathleen Kennedy said and he's coming back for the rematch of the century. Like these two are, they're seeing each other. Like mm-hmm. this is happening. Uh, I also wanted to bring which that we up. Also I, know we won't get another good one for right. another hundred yeah. years. But no, Lacey, you're right. <laughs> but I wanted to bring that up though. And I even said it myself that I've changed over the years. I think it's, it's very fun um, for listeners and for ourselves to see over the years how we change on opinions with things and, and opinions are always changing and I mean well, I'm the same way with leaks and stuff it's like you just change as a fan and it's well, just always used, interesting to see you used to like leaks because you didn't like the anxiety of watching you said that was your I biggest still thing. have that anxiety I still yeah. watch the same things over and over and over again because I don't like being surprised but here's the but, thing about this yeah. like I adjust based on the facts when it comes sure. to being a star wars fan i'm sure. not a, a fan that's in denial of things does it still bother me that it's not it's no longer when he left him on mustafar when vader says a presence i've not felt since yes it does but i will adjust because this is what's going on now i'm not it was gonna more let like that... how do you think they're gonna handle that more than like hey john what did you think when he said no this? yeah I, I i think they're just gonna say like uh, a presence I haven't felt since 10 years ago now in as opposed to 20. five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, so that, five that years, statement three has always and, been open-ended yeah. enough that sure. but here, it would be very easy to say anything there, you know? Right, right. They, they, they obviously go in and story group is probably a part of this analyzing, you know, the continuity. So they probably looked at that scene. They're like, all right, how do we make sure this still works? 
right, you know, right. and that sort of thing. So now maybe something will happen when they face each other where, a, you know, you got to expect maybe something big happens. Does does Vader best Kenobi this time? You know how I like the thing where one person wins the first one, another person wins the second one, and the third one's up for grabs. I said that about Rey and Kylo Ren. Obi-Wan obviously won the first one. What if Vader gets the upper hand this time and that like damn like weakens Obi-Wan and that's how he gets old and he ages more. Yeah, maybe. And then when he sees him again, he says, your powers are weak, old man. Like that type of stuff could start having a little more re- sure. uh, meaning. So maybe he's saying a presence I haven't felt since I beat the living crap out of that guy 10 years ago or something. Yeah, so maybe. They'll make it work. Uh, I, I, I was, I was hoping that they weren't going to do it, but now that I know they are, I'm adjusting and we're moving forward and I think they'll still make it cool. And maybe they'll even enhance that Obi-Wan Vader fight that James laughs about all the time in, in A New Hope, uh, when they're I just mean, clanging their, their funny. sticks it's back just... and forth. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. So, well, so, wow. and so they'll, they'll have to, they'll, they'll really have to explain how Obi-Wan, who's probably going to be pretty badass in this show i mean look at ewan's guns that he's posting on social media when he's at the gym right so he has to go from that to 10 years later be alec guinness being like come here little friend don't be afraid (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's some i think vader's gonna do something to really weaken obi-wan in this series and we're gonna see obi-wan uh Mm. pretty banged up by the end of it so um they'll make it work they'll make it work you know what's funny about that lightsaber fight we were just describing it actually looks like they handed the actors real lightsabers. And they're like, <laughs> and they were afraid to hurt him. Yeah, they're like, uh, <laughs> they're like trying to like hit him. <laughs> and they just did like first take. That's true. That yeah, is yeah. true. I, that's what I would do. I'd be like, yeah, I, the, even the ones you see on YouTube that are like, this is as close as we can get right now to like a proto saber kind of thing. I'm like, that thing is so dangerous. It's a stick of lava. Yes. <laughs> It's just absolutely insane. Um, Well, that's awesome, guys. Like we said before, if you want to go check out the photos, they are there on Star Wars News Net, so you can go and take a look for yourself. Uh, Get excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi And real quick, thanks. You know, at the top of the article, we had asked people, you know, please don't share these photos publicly um, because some people don't want to know anything. And most people really respected that and appreciate that. Unfortunately, there were some... Uh, Star Wars based Twitter accounts that are like here's all these photos in a tweet and that sucks man because you know we asked people not to do that and they still did it uh, it's a bummer but just yeah try to respect people and if, if people ask you know you go inside the article you can see them otherwise you're, you're safe and you're good to go if people don't share things publicly then people are fine so just try to respect your fellow fans mm-hmm. Um, so we finally have an update on the Lego Star Wars the Skywalker saga as the new trailer has dropped, this comes like a a year, I think, since the last mm-hmm. time we saw anything mm-hmm. of this. And even as the trailer dropped, they're like, you know, they say at the end, spring 2022. And people are like, are How you serious? <laughs> like, this should be done and like in the bag. Why? Like, at what point was this not able to make it for the holiday season this year? You know, it's like they right, still have right. it push it into the next season and by the time christmas comes around next year um it's it's going to be kids are already going to have it or you know whatever or it will be have forgotten by it then is the next big spring, video yeah. game yeah spring's just a weird time to drop a big kid friendly 
Star Wars game like this that encompasses the entire saga. That being said, though, the trailer is out. It uh, looked like a lot of fun. Um, Lacey, what were your thoughts uh, checking out the trailer? And are you, you're a little bit of a gamer. Is this something you would be interested in picking up? A little bit of a gamer. Yeah, I'm a gamer sometimes. Uh, so here's the thing. First of all, why are they using the Force Awakens trailer music? That's what right, I want pull, Pulled me right out of it. Bad yeah. trailer. Not that it was a bad trailer, but I was like, bad choice for a trailer yeah (laughs) i was just very surprised because i love that trailer that's one of my favorite trailers that they've ever made for Mm -hmm. star wars if we were gonna like rank them um so when i heard that music i was like and i could just hear the lines you know ray being like i'm no one whatever immediately makes it look like a fan-made trailer right because you're like why didn't they just put in some cool music because then Last couple weeks ago, we just got the Visions trailer, which is something completely different with completely cool music that fits it. Mm -hmm. And it's so awesome. And you're like, you know, James, we always talk about how cool trailer music is. Absolutely. So I always look forward to trailer music. And it felt like, I I don't know, I was kind of just like a "Eh, wah, wah. But anyway, this game looks really, really good. I will be getting it. Um, I've played some of the Lego ones here and there. I think I rented a Lego game a while ago. Um, but this one just looks really, really good that you can play like all these different locations and all these different characters. Um, I love the little like cutscenes that they added in of the Lego humor that we got from like, you know, the holiday specials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, I'll totally be playing this. I am disappointed that it's not coming out this year because I, I agree. I think it's like a perfect kind of holiday season kid under the tree type game. Yeah. Um, spring, I'm wondering if they're going to hold off until right before celebration, because May is in that period that it's right before summer hits and they can call it spring, but it's not June, which is clearly summer. So I'm wondering if they're going to hold for celebration. That's my question. Mm. When does summer start? Is it not June 21st, June 21st? Okay. Yeah. Is this first day of summer? Almost July. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So when I hear spring, I usually think April, May. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. But yeah, no, I'm very excited about this game. It looks really cool. I wonder John. if they'll have it out ahead of celebration so that they could have people play it at, in consoles like a booth? at celebration that would be or something. Cool. Yeah. They yeah. could still do that though. And have yeah. you remember going yeah. to like Walmart and playing the demos of the games and stuff. I thought you were gonna say Guitar Hero. <laughs> I was like, yes, I do, <laughs> Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Or was that game James you played at Celebration, the Vader Immortals, right? Uh, oh VR yeah, thing. Vader Immortal. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I I love this. I love the Lego Star Wars games. I I had the old ones for PS2. Uh, I think it was PS2. Um, and they were a lot of fun because I don't like being stressed out when I play video games. And sometimes these modern video games are like really complicated, and I don't like being bad at things. So like even when I was playing Squadrons, there's just so much going on on your screen, and there's so many controls you need to know what to do. I was just like, yeah. I don't know if I want to play this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean it's a bad game, but like I'm not a big gamer like Lacey is and a lot of our listeners are. Um, so this is, I love the the game for its uh, level of innocence, but more so because, you know, people don't get to have to take it seriously. There's just absolute silliness going on and, and it brings a levity to Star Wars that I think Star Wars needs, Star Wars fans need a reminder of. But also it's a game like anyone could play. You could pick it up and you don't have to worry about like, oh, where did I leave off and stuff? Sure. And it has its its uh, journey, but I love that it's going to encompass that whole episodic saga. 
And I think I'm going to buy this game. I think I will actually willingly pick up this game up for my PS4 and have it in one of those things where on the rare chance I get some downtime, I, I pop down and and play some play some Lego Star Wars. And I think that sounds like a lot of fun. It's stress-free. It's not like this big canon implication, like everyone losing their mind about uh, Fallen Order and... Are they going to make him, uh, are they going to bring him to live action, do a series? It's like, no, this is just Lego Star Wars. It's all the characters you love. There's random, like, vegetables flying around. It's, like, crazy. <laughs> so uh, I'm all in on this. I'm down to buy this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I hope they make more Lego Star Wars. Do a Lego Star Wars Mandalorian. Do Lego Star Wars Solo. Do Lego Star Wars everything. I I always love this stuff. And the fact that I liked it back then, now we're going to see it with a little bit of better graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm dialed in, so I'm digging it. You have a PS4? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, this game on a PS4 will still be playable for a very long time. If you, you know, you have the physical copy or whatever of it, which means that your kids are probably, this will be something that they could pop in when they get to the point at which I was going to ask James, is this something Bennett would play with you? He's not. Or sit and watch while you play? Maybe, but I I don't know. The thing about it is, like, I've watched Bennett play the games that he plays, and he's just not quite there as far as, like, coordination of trying to do certain things. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, He definitely has tried to play, you know, Sonic and stuff. We've plugged up, like, the Sega, and he gets really into it, but he can't, he can only, he can, like, make the character walk, but he doesn't have any sort (laughs) of Oh, God, does he run out of time? That is the worst. Oh, yeah, it's (laughs) definitely that, yeah. It's like he's just stuck on the, like, the first Where there's no time on these games, it's just, yeah, you can jump around and there's no time, yeah. 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 But um, no, the interesting thing about these games is I understand they update the graphics and they kind of rebuild them, remake them and bring it. They've had new ideas on maybe how to play them, but they always still essentially kind of feel the same to me. And I remember purchasing um, one, two, three, four, five and six as a package on my phone, iOS, Mm -hmm. that like the all of that. And wow. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. Uh, and technically, I still own it because I could go re-download it. I'm pretty sure that it would probably still play on whatever device I have. That was maybe five years ago, six years ago, something like that. And uh, I don't know. So when I see this, I go, man, this is... I've, I have to imagine some people feel like they they already have this and they're just sure. rebuying it, you know, because it's like yeah. an updated version or something. But... It definitely, I know that I got the impression from this that it was just so vast. Expansive, that, yeah. Yeah, that, like so many different planets, yep. so many different characters. They show so the many map at the scenes. one point and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all the places you can go. Yeah. yeah, it almost feels in a way like, I don't know that this is part of the game. They obviously haven't explained a whole lot about it, but it just felt to me like if I wanted to play... uh like in the prequel era a scene but be lando calrissian like i could you know i could just like Mm -hmm. kind of see the world as if he was in at that moment or something like that it just kind of gives you this fun uh perspective on being able to shift things around and do different things you know oh i want to be boba fett and fight darth vader that's cool you know whatever Mm -hmm. um so it it definitely looks like something when you buy it you're going to be able to have what feels like a collection that only those crazy people who will try to Jedi master this thing and get like a hundred percent, you know, only mm-hmm. like, you know, 
a hundred people in the world or something like that, because it's just so much content, so many little Lego pieces to connect. It would be nearly impossible. And I'm sure but, they have all these little side missions and side collecting things. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep in there. And I wonder if they're going to have like new, maybe not new, but things that you're going to see in this game that they'll release as actual Lego sets that you can then be going to buy and build and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next story, the Mandalorian is warming up for its second Emmy season in which it will fight for 24 nominations in 19 different categories. And in the process of preparing for that, getting everybody on board, excited about the Mandalorian, IndieWire did an article and in the article, you can see a video that talked a lot about the production design and how they went into making a lot of the stuff that you see in season two, including that uh, fortress. I actually don't know the name of the planet off the top of my head. Do you, either one of you remember it? Nope. I can't remember. I, where we first saw Ahsoka. Corvus. Yeah. Where we first saw Ahsoka and yeah. uh, Corvus, you can C -O -R -V -U -S, watch Corvus. Doug Chang specifically go through mm -hmm. Uh, the process of telling a story about this planet using no words and how they used uh, visual and production design and everything that goes into it uh, to make this planet and these worlds exist in Mandalorian season two. It is a great article. John, I want to start with you. Um, yeah. I'm sure you checked out the video. What were your thoughts on uh, a lot of this? I, you know, it's, it's again, one of, one of those reminders for you know, the lazy fan argument about, oh, Star Wars is, you know, taken over by Disney now. It's like you have all these people who have been at Lucasfilm for decades who are still there from like Hal Hickel, Doug Chang, Robert Doe, all these people um, from Skywalker Sound to ILM still a part of making uh, this franchise. And um, so anytime someone like Doug Chang gets to be interviewed and, and, and speak on what they're doing. It's just a reminder of, um, how it's, it's a lot more of the same than, than Pete, than some people give it credit for in terms of, uh, how star Wars has developed and mm -hmm. hearing, you know, anytime Doug Chang talks, you listen, uh, especially after he gets kicked out of, a a panel <laughs> that he's supposed to probably be a part oh of at celebration 2019. Good job security. But anyway, um, him saying, and you, you guys know I love this because I have this argument all the time with friends of mine who are fringe Star Wars fans. They're like, Star Wars is sci-fi. I'm like, no, it's not. It, mm -hmm. is, it is a fantasy story that happens to take place in space. Uh, and the fact that he has this quote right here um, it, that he says, this goes back to the sort of classic ideas from George Lucas, which is Star Wars is really historical drama. We're not really creating sci-fi environments. These are grounded environments as if it's on a real different place. So... Again, you know, I, I love that they are keeping that tradition alive and, and remembering what Star Wars is. And it's more about the characters and the stories and the mythology of uh, fantasy storytelling. Um, it is not sci-fi. Um, I know it's, you know, sometimes if you go to, uh, you know, Walmart or something, if you go to the sci-fi section, you'll probably see Star Wars in it, but it's wrong. <laughs> um so I, I love this stuff, and I really did like how that episode looked, um, The Jedi, that Dave Filoni directed. Um, I thought it had a very 
um i don't want to i don't know i don't know how to say this a very historic look to it um and seeing these videos i'm a big behind the scenes nerd i love all that type of stuff so anytime i get like in terms of like extra star wars content i'm not so much as a canon book reader this is the stuff that gets me and draws me in and then hearing them talk about how in depth they went into try to recreate luke's costume i thought was uh so comforting knowing that they go to the finest detail to try to even find the type of fibers and and fabric used to create his costume back in 1983 mm-hmm. that maybe even George Lucas would have overlooked if he was still running things like in the prequels there were a couple of things you're like that doesn't really look like chewy to me uh that looks a little off or something it's like they they they're they're even better now than they were 20 years ago at, at making sure these things are preserving the continuity and that they are taking every little detail seriously. So this this type of story, just to wrap my point up, is just a reassurance to me that Star Wars and Lucasfilm are, is still in good hands in terms of the people molding the clay and making the shows and making the movies. They're still all there and they're still doing it just with better technology now and that can only make them even better. So uh, this Absolutely. is this is, I need more of this, more of this, please. Uh, Lacey, you got to check out these videos, uh, look over the article. What were your thoughts? I did get to check these out, James, and they were wonderful. Yeah. Um, I love Doug Chang and I say that (laughs) in a way that I've never met him or spoke to him or anything, but like just his presence alone is very calming and like wonderful that anytime he speaks, you're like, ah, yes, settle in it's doug chang telling you a story about star wars um and he's so knowledgeable in everything that he does and Mm -hmm. the way his brain works i know we've talked about this on the show before is like he's described the way he he works on ships and he's like hold on let me just come up with this brand new ship that you can never even fathom in five minutes and you're like what (laughs) um but something that really stuck out to me was him talking about how um one quote that immediately jumped out was when he said that they it, it's 80% stuff that you know, 20% stuff that you don't know. And that's how they operate when making things that are in the Star Wars universe. It's 80% of the it looks like something that you could point out in real in real life and say, I know exactly what that is or where that influence came from. And then there's this 20% that they add in that is just true to Star Wars. And that goes into what John was saying before about the historical drama and it being a grounded environment. Um, It was super interesting to hear him talk about how for the Jedi episode, they used uh, influence influence from the Northern California wildfire locations. So they went through and like shot footage of how the, the light hits the smoke through the trees and like all these things and how they tried to replicate that environment on this planet to show the drama of like what was done on here. Um, so that was really cool. And then going back to what John was saying with the costume, that also was something very, very fun to watch because from my own experience of just being a part of the fan community and and working with Lucasfilm with costume exhibits, one of the most fun things is when uh, I was working on the solo one and we set all the costumes up, I let the Rebel Legion come through. Um, and the 501st too, like the costume groups and let them take pictures the day before it opened up to everybody else because they want to know every single detail of these costumes so that they can replicate them in cosplay and stuff. Um, so to see that they, they also do that in costuming mm-hmm. and professional Star Wars shows is just really fun. And I think encouraging to people that do do cosplay that like, hey, 
they're doing exactly what you're doing. So keep doing it. You know, yeah. it's just really cool. And that John said, you know, they want to stay true to what Star Wars is. And that goes from what Doug Chang said all the way through these videos of like they're still living by this guideline of this is what George started. And yes, we're pushing it forward and trying new things, but we're still staying grounded in what George initially wanted and grew and created, um, which is really great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I don't know what to say that you guys haven't because you guys have really nailed down exactly every element to this as far as uh, how much these people obviously care, how they've been around for a very long time. We've talked about that numerous times. Even in this yeah. episode, you mentioned earlier, John, like they're going to try, they're going to comb through all the all the dialogue and make sure everything works and i just remember saying yeah. there's a there's a reason why wedge isn't in rogue one it's because they wanted to preserve the line look at the size of that thing so it's the first time he ever saw it they can't have him in right. Rogue one boom so it's just like eliminate this I huge character was... that could have been awesome in the movie theater can't have it i'm sure someone brought through. it up where they're like oh let's get wedge in there too and someone's like nah nah no. man yeah remember that line they're like oh yeah yeah (laughs) and going going through this article you know i called my friend at skywalker ranch and asked her to photograph every single inch of the his original black jedi costume they measured every fold the width of the belt uh i had every single bit of information what kind of fabric they used close-ups of the weave i even had them show me the seam allowance you know it's like all that type of stuff it just it boggles my mind that when you can be on the internet and read a tweet that says these people don't care, it's it actually makes it a lot easier to dismiss that content or that opinion oh, and just go, yeah. well, this person obviously hasn't looked hard enough to see that there are people working for these companies that really, really, really do care. Or in your in case, you, you pointed out Doug Chang, who had been there before this was even... I mean, years, decades before yeah. this is even really like mm-hmm. a concept of selling it to this other company, Disney. You know what I mean? And right, I yeah. imagine how many, how much of, how many changes those people would actually say, like, well, how is working for this company, working for Star Wars, different now that Disney is? And they'd be like, not all that different, really. You know? Yeah. That's how well, I, I think I imagine the answers would be. Someone had told me who, um, had worked for Disney that they were told a part of George Lucas's sale to Disney was um, in the contract was the preservation of Lucasfilm. And so that to, to make sure that they didn't break it up and, oh. and, and, and deconstruct. And like, it, that was like a big part of the sale. It was that he made sure those people were taken care of and that sort of thing, because that's how, you know, George Lucas is the guy who donates almost all of his money to charities. Like he wanted to make sure his, I think the hardest part, as I understand it, of him selling Lucasfilm was worrying about the people at his company. And right. I think part of the sale was you, you know, don't pull any nonsense. Like you, I'm not selling you this unless we have it in writing that you're going to take care of my company and my people and that sort of thing and let them police themselves in terms of, Oh, if we're going to let someone go, it's, it's going to be under our umbrella and that sort of thing. Um, except of course, if Disney wants to get rid of the president of you know, the company or whatever, but um, yeah, I don't. I just wanted to throw that in there, you know, just because it's just. Uh, I think that's an important thing. Again, the legacy of George Lucas and who he kind of was as a as a guy. Um, I say like he's dead. He's still alive. Who he was <laughs> as a as a as a leader of Lucasfilm or yeah, as you. a filmmaker. Yeah. I do want to mention there was a part of this article that I didn't 
bring up that I wanted to and I totally forgot, which was them talking about CG versus using a puppet for Baby Yoda. And they said that they do everything largely practical. And even when they use CG, they do limit themselves to something that the puppet can or can't. Like, they won't go past what the puppet can't do. So I thought that yeah. was really cool. And I wanted to throw that in there because, as you guys know, I'm a huge puppet person. And yeah. I, yeah. And I, I remember seeing Luke's costume from Return of the Jedi at the Power of, Power of Costume, I think it was called, in New York City. where they. Yeah, I saw that. Times Square. Yes. And yep. they brought all the costumes in from the whole saga. It was right after as Force Awakens was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Luke's costume and then Leia's costume. And it was that moment that I realized how small Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were. Yes. And Natalie Portman. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, if you want to go over to the article and check it out, we have a catalog of all the different videos that came out and a little bit more like links to the actual articles where they were talking about it. But we talk that it talks more about the costumes like we kind of discussed. It talks about Mandalorian cinematography, which is actually a different article, different video, very similar, but different on Hollywood Reporter. So there's a lot there. If you want to go check out this article, uh, <clears throat> it is in the link of of the video on youtube it's in the description it's in a link that's how links work guys uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is it for uh the resistance report other than a couple quick stories that we wanted to mention which are uh it was kind of let out of the bag on accident oops uh but Haslab now which officially... i eat my words because i was like no there's no way they would do that and then <laughs> they no did it and i was like that. oh patrick why? exactly yeah, I think even his comeback was, uh, I didn't mean the next one's a Rancor. I was working on something Rancor for something different or something like that. It was like, no, you just He's so nice scrambling. too, Patrick. Yeah. But uh, it is officially out of the bag now. Hasbro announces HasLab. Star Wars Rancor campaign will kick off this fall. If you guys are at all interested in what they've, what they've done with... Uh, you know, say like the Razor Quest, and then they had Java's Sail Barge before that. Uh, go and check this out and grab yourself a Haslab Rancor, Black Series Rancor, uh, tentatively priced, I don't know, somewhere in the range of like 300 or 400 bucks. We're just kind of guessing. Yeah, it's going to go live this fall. I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm, I bet they're going to announce all the details at the uh, PulseCon later. Couple yep. weeks, month. yeah. Um, last thing we wanted to mention too is that they, uh, there is a company who is currently working on, uh, they they've been working on digital remakes of certain games, includes including the possibility of Knights of the Old Republic. But as of now, they've remade Star Wars Republic Commando, and they've remade Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, as well as Star Wars Racer. Uh, and all of those games have been re-released as digital formats for the Switch and for the PlayStation 4. However, it looks like they might actually be getting physical releases here for those same consoles and systems. So if you are interested in picking up a physical version of any of the games I just mentioned, uh, now might be the time. So you're probably going to want to go uh, keep a close I- eye on uh, what's going on there. You can read more about it on Star Wars Newsnet. Like I said, links, that's how links work. Also, just side note, <laughs> personal note for me, I'm dead serious. Why is Racer not on iOS? Why is it not a mobile game? I would buy it in a second. Why yeah. it's taken this long, you're releasing it as a digital version on the Switch, but the number one gaming platform in the world that everybody already owns is right here. Put it in my hand and I will buy it. 
I have very fond memories of playing N64 Racer and like yeah. hammering Taco Bell as like a 16 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can put the Lego game episodes one through six on iOS and I can download it and play it, give me Racer. Give me a race. I've been asking for it. <laughs> that is it. That's all there is for Resistance Report this week. Uh, we're going to head into our next section, which Lacey is going to introduce. What's it called, Lacey? Guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can follow us on all the audio apps. Spotify is our fave. Or on YouTube, you can like, comment, subscribe on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. But if you want more from us, including exclusive content, videos, Discord access, mailings, and much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, you support the show and what we're doing here and what we plan to do in the future in talking about Star Wars and creating a fun community. So this is the part of the show where we let our generals and spice runners be a part of the show by asking them a question. But before I do that, I want to thank some people. So thank you to our Patreon generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Hass, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much. Thank I'm you. I'm going to breathe here. Yes. And then our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, and Micah Harrison. Thank you thank guys you, thank so you. much. So this week we have General Andrew Staley. Woo. Andrew. <laughs> Who is one of our uh, oldest buddies. Longest. Longest generals. NASCAR loving Andrew. So we asked him... Uh, after seeing his appearance in the Mando season two finale, do you want to see more of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian era? Why or why not? Andrew, take it away. I wouldn't mind seeing Luke more in the Mandalorian era, uh, but only if they use him sparingly where his appearance really lends uh, emotional weight to the story, uh, just like in the Mandalorian season two finale. Um, if you overuse the character, um, I think it'll take away from... Um, the thing that makes his appearance special. So love to see Luke at some point more in the Mandalorian era, but only if it really brings some emotional weight with it like it did. So that's all I got for you guys. Um, thanks a lot. I hope everyone's doing well and may the force be with you and see you all in Anaheim next May. Awesome job, Andrew, per usual. We love having you on the show. John, what'd you think? Uh, great answer. I, I feel like I'm exactly that in terms of uh, how I feel about using Luke. Um, I think we may have touched on that uh, before on the pod about being wanting to see more of Luke, but being a little worried um, about the overusage. Um, but I think you put it perfectly that as long as it lends itself to the story and makes sense and it doesn't feel like, just just take the Luke Skywalker, you're going to enjoy it. Like, you know, <laughs> so you, you put it very well there, Andrew, as you usually do. And um I, you know, the wall of action figures, I, I, I was trying to z like zoom in, but I couldn't figure out how to zoom in on a video. So I was just like squinting, looking, trying to look for some of the cool figures there. But I like the setup you got there as always. The one thing that you really caught me with though, Andrew, is hearing someone else tell me I'll see everyone in May at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> uh, hearing you say that, especially after us hanging out last time, 
Uh, I know we're going to talk to you obviously a lot before then, but the fact that you're just like putting it out there again just reminds me we are going to be together. We are going to be at Celebration, and it's going to be a wonderful thing. So thanks for that uh, reminder at the end of your pod race there, buddy. Uh, great job, as always, and thanks for your support, man. James? No, I, I, I think you nailed it on the head there, Andrew, that it's it's going to be difficult to try and ride the line, but as we talked about on the gallery, I trust these people very much so with the characters and how they've handled everything thus far. There is always that possibility that we brought up uh, that this introduction to Luke was just that, the introduction. The idea, the pitch to Hamill was, you know, maybe a little bit more. Um, So it is interesting that there is that possibility that Luke might be back. Um, And like I said, it's going to be riding that line. Uh, And I think uh, you're, you're really on it with that, you know, understanding that you can't have too much of him um, or else it just might become a little bit too force fed. So you are feeling the pulse, man. You got it exactly as I think it should be. Um, Great pod race. Always good seeing you. See you in May. Well done, Andrew. I, per usual, am jealous of your background because I want all of your things. Most importantly, the TFA poster, because as you know, I'm a huge Force Awakens fan. Um, But well done. I agree. I think as a really, really big Luke fan myself, uh, I I don't want to see him too much because I feel like people are like, enough with Luke. And I don't want to I don't want people to ever say that. So. Um, I think there is a balance there. I feel like someone said that. Doesn't Ray say that? It's a balance. A balance? Uh, I feel like they say that a lot in Star Wars. Yeah. No, I mean, like, there's a specific line I'm thinking of in my head from a trailer. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, Andrew, great job. She's like, she's like meditating on the rock and TLJ. She's like, a balance. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I never thought about it like that before. (laughs) Back to John. All right. So, um, we have a few minutes here. So, I have to admit something. I, I am horrible at directions like when i have to put things together i i'm not good sometimes i try to wing it so lacy you have this right yes how do i they gave me another piece like a flashlight that goes on the side of it yeah do you have you looked into this did you like hook your batteries in and figure out how to hook up the flashlight and all that stuff like what is going on with this so thing? i haven't hooked it up yet but it's in the side you take the piece off and then the other piece hooks in and then the batteries right, go into the side and for the audio listeners i'm talking about the mandalorian helmet the black series helmet mm-hmm. it has like i didn't even know he had that i forgot he even yeah had that he until, has so, the boba fett thing that goes mm. so this one of these well parts not that come, he has a flashlight part do i have to take it off like screw it off from the inside no, it's it's a piece that slides off on the outside. It's, it like clips in, and then you clip it back in. There are directions you know what inside the box, though. Yeah, I hate directions. You know what it is? I'm always afraid I'm going to snap something off. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean? You, it shows you step by step how to do it. Yeah, but do sometimes directions. it's like remove the plate, and you're like, it's it's not coming off. Yeah. And you're like, so I I see what it says, but that's Imagine, clearly right not now? the right way to do it. And sometimes it just takes that extra force. And it's once you know how much the, force it takes. Yeah, which which the side? right side? I think. Like if you're All if right. I'm looking at you, I think it's this side. Does it slide up? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I wouldn't do it really hard. I oh. 
Imagine I snapped my black. The battery's my... definitely going either in the side or right inside the helmet on the side. John, the YouTube is your friend. Why don't you look up somebody on how to replace... The buttons are here, so you're right. It is this side, for sure. I just got to figure out how to get this bad boy off so I can get my flashlight going. So everyone that has one, put it in the comments step by step. <laughs> he already has you know step by step. You know what's good about this? I can, even though, like, obviously you have don't you put see it on very yet? well. I have. Are you have. Were you pumped when you put it on? I was very, actually, I, it was way cooler than even the Luke x Has helmet. Johnny worn it? He has. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, and my dog hates it. He, oh, because you can't see the face. The dogs get scared. Yeah. But, but he hates it in general now because I oh. had it on that on my coffee table and my dog came down. I work from home. My dog came down just to hang out with me and he. Um, I was on a call with a client and he starts barking at this damn thing. <laughs> I was like, oh no, Mando! He probably sees like, it's just, he feels like it's looking at him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the flashlight's good though, because my son leaves a lot of toys all over the floor, so I can use that so I can navigate if it's dark at night, wear my Mando helmet. <laughs> yeah, sure. <Whatever>. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, on that note, stay, stay tuned everybody, whether or not I break my Mando helmet, and if you do have advice on how to easily hook this thing up, because I don't... Todd I knows. Hate- Todd actually explained it to me at one point and i have all right todd. forgotten the specific directions todd this is your test this this is the test to see whether todd listens to the end of the show todd if you're listening <laughs> watching hit me up todd's me in his to... helmet right now being like yeah. i've been summoned <laughs> he, it's like a rubik's cube for me and todd's like boop 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 done yeah um but yeah uh, i don't like the written directions that come in those little books uh so if anyone wants to i remember up, him telling me right side slides off battery slide in type thing and then you have to take a piece off to put the other piece on because it's you want the helmet like normally and then if there's a light part you know it's kind of like an action figure like if there's a light part one piece comes off to put the other piece on those are all the directions and the extra piece there. And Grogu's had enough of it. He tried putting it together. See him back there. He's, he's face down. Pass he's finished. Um, all right. Well, that, that takes us through the end of the show. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. Uh, being a part of TRB, we love you all out there. Thanks for uh, keeping Star Wars fun uh, on our neck of the woods here. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show. You can do so as Lacey said, anywhere where you get your podcasts. And also of course, youtube.com slash star Wars news net videos. If you're watching, uh, thanks for that. Uh, star Wars news James put it great before all your star Wars news. Also not just news. Sometimes we get scoops. Sometimes we have reviews. We do editorials. We do the book discussions. We do Everything in terms of Star Wars news related to Star Wars news and opinion, starwarsnewsnet.com. And things are going to be starting to heat up because three months, three plus months till Book of Boba Fett, and then 2022 is going to be like shot out of a cannon. Uh, So go to starwarsnewsnet.com every day. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at starwarsnewsnet.com and my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, Next week, we're doing Heat. Another Val Kilmer movie. I uh, had to film a scene from that for my film 101 class in college. Really? Like yeah. remake bank, it? The yeah. Like bank I heist? had to be the girl from Heat with some guy and we had to like do the lines. I remember. Ooh. Do you still have it? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably on someone's hard drive somewhere. I don't right. have it. All right. No. Well, if you find it, I'm very interested. <laughs> no um, one's interested. No one's interested. <laughs> all, right, all right. Just me. All right, James. Uh, how about you, buddy? 
Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks and on this channel again tomorrow when Kyle and I release the book discussion and what happened in four. Oh. Star Those Wars are, colon yeah. Tempest Runner colon The High Republic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so many it is, titles. Yeah, it is yeah. a, uh, well, they want all the names in there. They want you to know it's High Republic. They want you to know it's Star Wars. But uh, no, it is an audio drama, much like the Dr. Aphra and the, the Count Dooku one before it, Jedi Lost. Um, but it is uh, like a six hour book that you can just listen to. It reads, it plays out kind of like an audio book. Uh, but it has a full cast and interesting, very, very cool read. Uh, we actually both really liked the book. So go and check out the discussion. Uh, you can actually buy it and breeze through it and then check out the discussion. You know that it's pretty good for that. But if you don't, we have the what happened what? in so you can just understand exactly what what took place in the story. Describe it in like, one word. Yeah. Hi. Uh, what was what was the word? We, uh defining ooh that's an interesting mm. choice of word okay or redefining redefining ooh that's a bold choice it's ooh, a bold like, move I, cotton i like when i added that how about re-redefining <laughs> what <laughs> oh my god it's too that's much that's how it works right i just keep adding re's and i get better results yeah. wow uh i mean that's how i keep up with my high republic i i can't even remotely keep up with what they're doing over there so uh, those videos are, are key for me but uh lacy what about you what's going on people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin all right uh we'll be back on thursday where we are gonna have a discussion and let me tell you folks we are gonna talk about why luke skywalker should appear in the Ahsoka series. So we're gonna have a fun discussion chatting about that uh, as we talk about, you know, more Luke showing up, right? But uh, we'll see everyone on Thursday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>